Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 42nd episode of the PJ Archive. It comprises interviews I did with four key members of the classic 1961 movie musical West Side Story. Richard Beamer, Russ Tamblin, George Shakiris, and Rita Moreno. Richard Beamer had the coveted male lead role of Tony, the doomed lover of Maria, who was played by Natalie Wood in this reworking of the Romeo and Juliet story featuring two teenage gangs struggling for control of the Upper West Side of New York City in the 1950s. The film won 10 Oscars, including Best Picture, but sadly little praise for Richard, who reveals his extraordinary reaction on first seeing it at the London premiere. Well, there was this big premiere, you know, The Queen. It was a command performance. I hadn't seen the movie. And I was watching it, and at the time, I, I just didn't... Uh, you know, many actors, it's very difficult for them to watch themselves. I had seen myself in other movies, and it was all right. I, I was in a film before that called Diary Van Frank. And I, I liked what I saw. I said, okay, this is... You know, this is okay, I can handle this. But for some reason or other, West Side Story, when I saw it, I just could, you know, oh, I want to do this all over again. Please, this is not right, you know. And I guess what I saw that I didn't like was um, a lack of vulnerability, a lack of showing who I was. I saw someone up there uh, who was spending a lot of time being trying to show a face, trying to be something rather than just being. And uh, it was also a product of the times, you know, and, and uh, problems of a young man trying to find, identifying with who, trying to find who, and lack of uh, a study, and a lot of things. And so it just came, a, came across very strange. I, I could not take a look at myself. So I, uh, we were told that once the queen sits down, no one gets up for any reason. But I had to. I could not sit there any longer. So I crawled out. How long into the <laughs> film were we? Oh, God, this is a long time ago. I don't know. We were maybe halfway through the film before I just said, this is enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember crawling up the aisle to get out so I wouldn't be seen and just stayed the rest of the time in the lobby. Have you seen the complete film since since that time you walked crawled out? Oh yeah, I've seen it. I haven't seen it in quite a while, but I've I've sat down. I've I've made peace with it all. How many times have you seen it? Because some people have seen it about fifty-five times. Oh, like they've myself. seen it a lot more than I have. Yeah. You know, I I don't know, maybe four yeah. times. What? Why do you think um, your performance was not as you would like to to be? I know you had problems with your co-star, did you not? No, it wasn't based on anybody else. It was just me. I wasn't, I wasn't uh, prepared for it. Mm. I was a, I was from Iowa. For your audience, that's mm. a, that's the Midwest. That's country. That's mm. uh, farmland in America. But I gather you didn't get on very well with Natalie Wood. Well, not in the sense that we had words or anything. It's mm. just that I, we were very um, distant. I just mm. didn't get to know her. And so it was just hello in the morning and start the scene. We didn't have, to, we didn't go to lunch together or. I mean, the greatest romance of all was totally false. Romeo and Juliet, and they didn't even, yeah. Do 
you think she wasn't happy with having you in that role? Probably. Not that she was. No, no. It, I think it was that she preferred to have somebody else. Do you know who that somebody else was? I think it was her husband. Oh, really? Was he up for it? I don't think he was up for it, but she wanted him up for it. And maybe she had other people she'd much rather have been with, you know? Did you ever cross swords with her? Do you? Yeah. yeah. Not you at just all. Did it and, and you never spoke to her after that? Uh-uh. Really? And when she died, was it a sad? Well, I don't know. I, I don't think it was sad. You know, it just reminds you again of uh, your own your own life and death situation, mm. you know? It's, it's a very subjective thing when you hear of other people dying, I think. Mm. Uh, sad. I mean, she was a young woman, mm. and she had so much left, mm. you know? But uh, that's the sadness of it, I suppose. Mm. One of your other co-stars, Russ Tambin, you're working with again. Is this the first time you've worked together since? No, we did a film uh, together in... 60-something, I don't know, somewhere in the 60s. It's still quite a long time ago. Have you remained friends then throughout? You sort of kept in touch? We keep in touch every once in a while. Mm. Yeah, we, for some reason or other, a couple of years, we cross paths again. Mm. And it seems you're destined to work together. Yeah, it does, yeah. doesn't it? Mm. That was just a, uh, a fluke. I mean, mm. people have tried to... Th- you know, there was no thought about that. Do you think that West Side Story harmed your career? Oh. Yeah. What career? <laughs> what career? I mean, it's just it's just my life. Um, without it, um, if I had been in films, if I had just been in the films that I made besides West Side Story, mm. who would have, you know? Mm. I mean, it made me think a lot about myself. It made me uh, want to go to New York and, and study. Mm. And, and I looked on the screen and I said, no, this person has got to, you know, if I want to continue to act, I got to learn so you what then I'm doing. Went to oh yeah, then I went back to New in York. Strasbourg, is it? Yeah. yeah, and I was there for many years, mm. so I went backwards. You know, that interview with Richard Beamer took place in 1990 on the set of the top TV series Twin Peaks, in which he was reunited with Russ Tamblin, who in the 1961 film of West Side Story had played Riff, best friend of Tony and co-founder of the Jets, the white American gang. Russ, who'd previously been in the movie musicals Seven Brides for Seven Brothers and Tom Thumb, enjoyed working on West Side Story and told me why. First of all, I'd been such a big fan of it because I had seen the Broadway show you know, before I did the movie and, and wanted to do, and wanted to do that, uh, that film. It was quite a revolutionary dance form. Yes, it was very revolutionary. I think it was, uh, it certainly wasn't the first film that was done on the street, mm. but uh, I believe that it was the first film that was, uh, that was such a drama. And also, I mean, you know, look who, look who did the music and the choreography. I mean, in the music, you know, you had Stephen Sondheim and Leonard Bernstein, and, uh, two giants, I mean, literal giants. And, and to have both of them at that time, I mean, now both, they're both, individually were giants you know it'd be like having you know chagall and <laughs> you know and rembrandt both uh, painting a picture for you uh, it, was, it was incredible plus you had jerome robbins who was who was the head of the new york ballet and he hadn't done that many films and it was an incredible idea you know if no one even heard of it someone came and said i got an idea for a movie uh 
uh, Romeo and Juliet, you know, uh, but with gangs in New York in a musical. I mean, just the very idea. And that idea, by the way, was uh, the actor Montgomery Clift. It was his idea. A lot of people didn't know that. I don't think Robbins uh, uh, told too many people. Is your memory of West Side Story a good one, I mean, of, of filming it and everything? Because I spoke to Richard Beamer, and he certainly didn't seem to enjoy it at all. That's very true. Uh, uh, he didn't. He, he had a... My memory of it is certainly better than his. Uh, I had a, I had, I certainly had a better time than he did. Uh, I think he had a particularly a bad time. But I think because of Natalie Wood didn't like him and uh, and was rude to him, you know. And she was a pretty big star at the time and uh, and was a you know a, a bit nasty to him. So that was one thing. Plus the fact that that part, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the show anywhere else but that's it's an extremely difficult part uh, to play the reason that it's so difficult is that you have these gangs that are with all this di dynamic action you know with funny songs and great songs you've got America and uh, you've got these 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 wild great songs and these gangs fighting and then suddenly you, you know they switch to to these to this love uh, uh, to this love scene. How does it feel to be part of a legendary film like that which nobody would ever forget? That must be, give you a great feeling, doesn't it? Incredible. It's, you know, it feels much better now than at the time you kind of uh, take, it for granted. take it for granted. Yeah. And you've done so many of the, of the really classic films. That's something you'll always be remembered for. That must be quite a satisfying. It's very satisfying. It's very satisfying and it's something that uh, that I don't really feel responsible for you know I just feel that I was fortunate and I was very fortunate in uh, that I that I managed to fall into those films um, you know West Side Story uh, a lot of people could have could have done my part and I, I think I really I truly believe that it still would have been just as as great a film I just happened to have done it mm. are you happy with the performances you gave or do you sometimes think gosh if only I'd done it this way or something <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I definitely, uh, I would definitely like to live my life over the Oh, you bet, you bet. I, I would love to do things uh, differently. I'd probably do it worse. I mean, I don't know, but I would certainly, uh, at this stage in my life anyway, I'm, I'm a lot looser now. In West Side Story, the rivals to the Jets are the Puerto Rican gang, the Sharks, led by Bernardo played in the 1961 movie version by George Shakiris, who won the Oscar and Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. I interviewed George in 1993 when he came to the UK to star in a play, and he recalled how, prior to being Bernardo in the West Side Story film, he had played Riff in the London stage production. Was it because of your performance on the London stage that you got the part in the film? None of us ever thought we'd ever get near the film, but one day five of us in the London company got letters from United Artists uh, saying that um, they wanted us to do film tests for our, the roles we were playing uh, in the production at the time and my letter asked me to do a, a test as Riff to you know pick whatever mm. scene I thought was right and to also do a test as Bernardo mm. so um, that's what I did. Did you feel at that stage that it was going to be the phenomenon that it turned out to be? No, 
No. Um, I think once we were all, once I was cast and finally we were all working on the film, we all felt that we were doing something that was of quality. Mm -hmm. I'll put it that way. But I, don't, I think even the producers were, were not at all sure that they would have a commercial hit. It was totally different to anything else that had been before. And the dancing you do at the beginning down the street yeah. is quite extraordinary. Did you feel a bit silly doing that? No. No, I didn't feel silly doing any of it. You know, there was um, a moment, there was a certain, you know, let's see, it was, okay, it was filmed, it was released in 61. And I don't know how much later, but there was, a, I don't know, a few minutes where West Side Story, where you could see was a little dated, if you like. Mm. But then it got past that stage. It mm. somehow went past that, and it doesn't look dated anymore. No, um, maybe it never did. Maybe it was just yeah. me mm. who thought that. But uh, I thought it for a very brief time. The excerpt in the film for which you're best known is the America sequence. Oh, yeah. Tell us about that, what it was like being made and everything else. The America... How long did it take to make that excerpt? The, the America number itself? Yeah. I would say it took us, I don't remember how many, how many, what, we rehearsed everything, mm. all the dance numbers and all the scenes for a number of months before filming ever started. Mm. So I don't remember how long we actually rehearsed the America number, but it was, I suppose, a few weeks. And filming, I think, was about four days. Might even have been more, but we had the best time. Mm. We worked very hard, but we laughed. So we had, it was all the spirit and the life that you see in it was really quite genuine. Not wish you did throw a wet blanket on it, but I've interviewed both Russ Tamblyn and Richard Beamer, and they both said that Natalie Wood wanted Robert Wagner to play the part and not Richard Beamer, and oh, she made his life that She wanted Warren Beatty to play the part because <laughs> Warren Beatty was in her life at that time, even though she was still married to to, uh, to Robert Wagner. So I don't know. I I had very little to do with her. I, I didn't come. I wasn't in contact with her very much, but. Mm. But um, but Natalie was the only real star on the film. I mean, we, when when Natalie was there, I mean, you really felt you were in there the was a film star, you know. And she had this trailer on the set and mm. and all of that stuff. And and um, I mean, she was just so beautiful. Did you stay friends with her after the film and things, or did you never really get to know her that way? I, I never really got to know her. I the only other time I saw her a couple of times. I I was at her house a couple of times. I was at a, the, the, the Mirish company, the Mirish Brothers, who, who produced the film for United Artists, had a, 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 a cocktail party at their house one evening, and Natalie was there, at, with Robert Wagner was there, and so was Warren Beatty. And uh, I was going to be doing a film for the Mirish company called Kings of the Sun, which was uh, about the Mayan civilization. So it was a costume picture, and I was talking to Natalie, and she was she was very nicely advising me. She said, "Don't don't do a costume picture." She said, I, I guess she was trying to let me know that they don't hold up, you know, and so mm. to not not to do it. But I was too naive to realize that. I mean, I thought, well, I'm under contract. I have to do this, you know. Mm. So I did, and I would run into her now and again, maybe in a restaurant or something like that. And she was always. Very friendly and very nice, but th that was my. I but I never came to know her really. How did you feel when you heard she died? Oh God, it was horrible. I was in Paris when that happened. I felt like somebody had made a huge mistake, and that they should turn back the clock and start over again because it was just wrong. You know, mm. I thought she was much too young, and and she was starting to do theater work as well, and and uh, it was. I, yeah, it was 
pretty unpleasant, yeah. What about other members of the cast, Rita Marino, that sort of thing? Rita and Do I you stay friends? Yes, Rita and I have stayed for lots of time. We can go months without th- seeing each other because mm-hmm. she, she travels around a lot. Uh, she tra- uh, does a, um, she's a wonderful singer, and um, she has a one-woman show, and she does it uh, quite often with different symphony orchestras around, around the country, and I think that's her main sort of career at the moment. Also, she does theater, too. We've just been friends for a long time. A lot of times when an actor is involved in something as big as West Side Story, they would, you know, it would be as much of a disadvantage to their career as an advantage. Have you found that? No, it's been an advantage the whole time because it continues to open doors even now. You know, mm. it's funny because, because the film holds up and new generations of young people see it all the time. You have those new audiences who mm. are aware of you and they... They just wouldn't have been otherwise. I mean, so many people can be very, very famous, and they they can have careers that last very, very long times. But by and large, they maybe they've been lucky to have maybe one or two good films really throughout that career. But I was lucky enough to be associated with a film that is now really sort of is considered a classic, you know. It, and uh, are you happy with that constant association? As soon as people hear your name, they think of that film. Does that not irritate you a little bit? The only thing that's not good about it is professionally it's not always good. Not in this country, because you see, in spite of that, um, I mean, I've done, been cast in things here. In America, no one would have given me the time of day for those particular kinds of roles. Uh, but in America, they tend to think of me still. I don't know how they can be as... I'm, you know, in a, in a business where you where imagination seems to be like one of the most important things, it's sometimes one you're, it's pretty shocking the lack of it. And also, everybody really basically runs scared. Nobody dares make a mistake, mm. so they have to cast you, you know, pretty much to type. Mm. And uh, I'm still thought of as Puerto Rican. Sometimes you don't even know I'm not Puerto Rican. You know, they still think. West Side Story and the Oscar which you got for it. Right. You know, did, did it gain you a great deal in wealth and happiness and everything? Well, happiness, uh, I don't think it brings you happiness. That's, that's I think, in another area of life, really, sort mm-hmm. of altogether. It's nice when you, when you can feel good about your work, but that's, that's something that's changing all the time. And it, um, I mean, for everyone... I mean, I'm sure people very often are not happy with the work they've done or with work they've done that maybe hasn't been uh, had the success that maybe they think it deserved and so forth. So a career is always and work is always a mm. bit a roller coaster or, you know, ups and downs, that mm. sort of thing. So did you buy a big house in Beverly Hills afterwards? No, I've never that's never been I've never wanted a big house in Beverly Hills. Winning the Best Supporting Actress Oscar in 1961 was Rita Moreno, who played the role of Anita, the girlfriend of Bernardo and the best friend of Maria. All three were Puerto Rican characters, yet Rita was the only actual Puerto Rican among them, as she told me in London in 1996. I'm very conscious, actually, of being... Latina or Hispanic, I'm conscious of it because very few people so far in the United States of Hispanic descent have really uh, made it, not because they don't exist and not because they don't have the talent, but because 
they aren't getting the opportunities. It's the same old damn story that doesn't seem to change. Well, it changes somewhat, but um, only in, 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 in tiny increments. So I, as a result, I'm very conscious of, of my background and, and the fact that to date, not only am I the only woman to have won all of these uh, awards in competition, I always have to add, but um, certainly the only Hispanic woman. Mm. Yes, Puerto Rico must have been very proud of you when you made it. As a matter of fact, they're very, very, very proud of me. Yeah. I'm told that the night I won the Oscar, which was my first award Spanish Harlem went up in smoke there was a lot of yelling and people screaming at each other across buildings and, and things like that I would love to have seen that that must have been amazing there can't have been much doubt that you were going to win that night though. who were you up against oh I, I had every doubt in the world Judy Garland was up for really? judgment at Nuremberg and she was in a hospital room with television cameras there and I thought well <laughs> And I flew all the way in from Manila, the Philippines, where I was making a film. I just wanted to be there on the tiniest thread of a chance that I might win. There might not have been doubts in other people's minds, but I, I, I really didn't think I would have that kind of great good luck. You won that Oscar for West Side Story. Was that, in your consideration, your big break? Unquestionably. Actually, in a way, my biggest break was The King and I, because it's where I met Jerome Robbins. And it was Jerome, as a result of my relationship with him in The King and I, that I ended up in West Side Story. If it hadn't been for him, I don't know what might have happened. I might have been uh, submitted for it. Everyone else in the world was. Mm -hmm. But um, Jerry gave me a very strong recommendation to the Mirish brothers who were producing, as well as to Robert Wise, who was directing. It would seem to be the perfect part for your personality, would you say? Oh, absolutely. Certainly the, the frame of reference was there mm -hmm. for the part. In fact, I did a very, very good acting audition for it. Then the, uh, the next obstacle, which was a major one, was could I cut it with mm -hmm. dancing? What I hadn't told them at the time is that I hadn't danced since I was, <laughs> oh, God, about 16. <laughs> And I was already now in my, in my middle to late 20s. And um, I went in a panic to a girlfriend who had played Anita on a, in a road company of West Side Story. And I said, what can I do? I know they love my acting, but now what? And I, I knew I could sing it. They knew I could sing it. And uh, she very wisely said, well, tell you what. They usually teach the same combination of steps for auditions one from uh, America and one from the Mambo at the gym. She said, I'll teach you these and uh, we'll see what happens. And I was very lucky. That's exactly what happened. The, the assistant uh, dance director, Howard Jeffries, said, now let me teach you these steps. I was so nervous. You have to understand that I still wasn't great, but I could, I could do the steps. And uh, <laughs> he taught me the steps. I then did them on my own and uh, afterward Jerry Robbins said to him so uh, how was she and he said well you know she's going to need a lot of work but my god she learns fast mm -hmm. <laughs> that's how I won the part probably the most memorable scene in West Side Story is that fabulous dance on the roof to the song America that must have been quite something to make wasn't it I think it's memorable but I think the most memorable one of all is cool I think it's an astonishing 
number. And, and I think America ranks along with it. I wouldn't put it below it, but that, w- that was a great experience. It was just marvelous. I loved doing it. Mm. Tell us about the making of that particular scene, though, because it is very memorable. Well, it, it must have taken, uh, gee, at least a month to film that thing. <laughs> the, uh, Boris Levin, our spectacularly brilliant set designer, wanted the set to look very authentic, so he put real tar paper mm-hmm. on the floor of the roof, which is how roofs are done, or were done then in New York. And, of course, we couldn't do it. <laughs> we couldn't dance on that. Our shoes kept sticking to it. We kept losing our shoes. That had to be changed. And then my shoes kept flying off, so we finally... The costume designer, um, Irene Sharif, had to give in and put flesh-colored uh, elastic across the instep mm-hmm. of the shoe so that um, every time I kicked, because there were a lot of, not just kicks, they were what you call snap kicks, mm-hmm. which is like looks yeah. like this. Jerky ones, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and which damn near ruined my knees, too. Right. And that's when the shoes would start flying. Mm-hmm. I know Natalie Wood and Richard Beamer were dubbed in the film. Were you dubbed as well, or did you use your natural singing voice? I was dubbed in uh, A Boy Like That because it was too low for me. I was a true lyric soprano Mm. at the time, and the range in that song is outrageous. Mm. Um, I know that when Cheetah Rivera sang it on stage, she could make the low notes well, but she really had to work very hard Mm. to get to the very smart, Maria, very smart. She found a way to do it, and I wish I could have found a way to do the low note. I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit simpler to try to reach for high ones. You can always shout them. If you don't have low notes, you just don't have low notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, to my everlasting regret, I had to be looped for that one number. And uh, interestingly, uh, a number of people have then since then taken credit for uh, singing for me in the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't dubbed in the rest of the movie. <laughs> And well, as you know, I can sing. Absolutely. Yeah. Several of your co-stars have told me that that Natalie Wood did not want Richard Beamer to play the role that she really wanted Robert Wagner. How aware were you of that? I, I never heard about Robert Wagner. No, Robert Wagner? Wagner? Yeah. What an odd choice. Mm. No, I never heard about it. I know she was not happy mm. with Richard Beamer. And that's really all I know. She, it, she, she wasn't a woman who confided in in any of us, and in fact was not very friendly toward us. She wasn't rude. Mm. She wasn't um, discourteous. She just was distant. Mm. And, and How do you know she didn't want him to play it then? I, I heard it from the other kids. Right. <laughs> much later. Mm. Much later. Right. Because uh, we were mostly on hello, how are you terms on the set. And uh, I never understood that. Because our group was so much fun. Dancers are fun. Mm-hmm. They're cuckoo. They're crazy. Maybe she found us a little too odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came from another kind of milieu in films. And uh, I never understood why she didn't join in, as it were, and, and have fun with us. Uh, she was rather isolated from us. And I think it was out of, well, I know it was out of choice. It's amazing because the chemistry on screen between the two of you is quite incredible, but I guess that's good acting for you. Well, it's acting. That's exactly what it is. Mm. Um, we were playing very close friends, and um, and that's what you do. Mm. And it's don't forget, it's not as though there was an antagonistic relationship going on, nothing even remotely like that. Mm. It was just, on her part, distant. I don't know how else to put it. 
What did you think of Richard Beamer's portrayal of Tony? I don't think he was right for it. I think he had a gorgeous face, and he was the dearest young man. But I just don't think he had the juice for it. It was a um, it was a play and a film that called for people with lots of uh, a certain kind of energy that just literally breaks through the screen. And I don't think Richard had that. Um, I don't know who tested for it. I don't know what kind of young men tested for it. I have a feeling it was a very difficult part to cast mm. anyway. As Anita was a difficult part to cast because you needed someone who could sing and dance and act. Not so easy. I'm delighted to hear that you spoke to him. I'd love to hear what he said about it. Right. I heard that he was just... He felt so awful about it. Apparently, he got killed by mm. the critics. Yeah. And he just seems to never have gotten over it from what I... See, I haven't seen him. Did you keep in touch at all with Natalie Wood? Did you remain friends in any way? But we weren't friends. Right. That's just yeah. it. I'll tell you what she did Oscar night, which I found shocking. George and I never saw her that night. Mm. After we won and at the governor's ball that night, where all the winners went, she never came over. She never came over to say congratulations, good for you, bully, nothing. Mm. Never, never saw her again until about, oh, God, 15 years later, we were, my husband and I were at Chasen's, which was then a very popular in-restaurant, in-show in business, and maybe it was even 20 years ago, and she was sitting there with uh, Fred Astaire. She and Robert Wagner were back together again, and she sent a bottle of champagne over to the table. And the note said something about, uh, so nice to see you, and, and Fred would like to meet you. Of course, I nearly wet my seat. I was so excited. And I went over, and she was very friendly, very nice, uh, very warm. I got to meet my Fred Astaire and all that. But uh, I didn't see her after the film till then. That's strange. May I ask how you felt when you heard she died? Oh, I felt terrible. What a horrible way to, to die what a, a miserable and almost it seems uncalled for way to die I was horrified did you kind of wish then that you had been friends no not especially it's not as though I felt close to her I never mm. felt close to her there was no reason to feel close to her uh, I had no regrets whatever but I felt simply awful for her and, of course, for her family and, and R.J. It was just a nightmare. When you were making West Side Story, were you aware that this was going to be a very special film indeed? I was aware it was going to be a very special film, but I... <laughs> George and I were convinced it wasn't going to work mm. <laughs> because um, when we found out, for instance, that it was going to open in New York as a reserved seat movie for extra dollars... We just said, oh, I remember, I'll never forget it. We were on the Goldwyn lot. We were just commiserating and saying, oh, I said, well, George, that's it. You know, there's no stars in this, really. I mean, Natalie wasn't a huge star at the time. Why are they going to pay extra money to get reserved seats for a movie? Outrageous. No one's going to see this movie. We were so <laughs> upset. I knew it would be special. I had no idea that it would turn out to be what it turned out to be, which was unique and a watershed film that was, in fact, never equaled since then. 
Your own career, there must have been tremendous expectations on you after winning an Oscar and making such a tremendous debut. Did, how did that work out for you? Terribly. Uh, I didn't do a film again for seven years. I was offered a few, a very few... This was after the Oscar. I was offered a very few gang-type mm. films again, which I'd also done, you know, prior to uh, West Side Story, but not musicals, just very poor B-movies. And um, having won the Oscar, having had the, the privilege of being in such a great film, I vowed that I wouldn't take anything less than something like West Side Story with respect to quality. And, uh, well, ha-ha, I showed them. I didn't do a film for seven years. Yeah. Do you think you ever matched it with another film? Oh, I think I did some pretty wonderful films after that. Eventually, I did uh, Carnal Knowledge, which is an astonishing yeah. movie. I did Poppy mm. with Alan Arkin, which is a wonderful movie. Mm. All of them really classics in their way. I've been in about five or six classics. I don't know how many people can say that. 